Well, 3 John verse 4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And one of, one of the things that brings me the most joy in life is to know that all four of my children have accepted Christ as their Savior. And now that I have two who have been rude enough to grow up and graduate, uh, both of them uh, have uh, expressed a desire to serve the Lord in ministry. And I'm always very careful to let people know that uh, my wife and I did not in any way try to pressure or persuade them to go into go to Bible college and, and go to ambassador or, or even to go into full-time ministry. But rather, we were very intentional about trying to teach them uh, to be open to whatever the Lord wanted them to do and to surrender to whatever God's will might be for their life. Um, I've, I've always believed that that's more important and uh, than, than, than deciding that you're going to do one specific thing and and, uh, and regardless of how the Lord leads, just going with that, I think it's much more important that we be open to the Lord's leading. And it just so happens that uh, the Lord, uh, many years ago, began to lead in Caleb's life uh, to uh, serve him in the ministry. And so this last semester, uh, he went off uh, to uh, the big town of Lattimore, North Carolina, and uh, joined his sister, who was already there, and uh, began taking classes at Ambassador Baptist College. And he's currently uh, enrolled in the uh, in the college there as an evangelist major and feels like that may be what the Lord would have him do in the future. Uh, but uh, I'm just excited uh, for what the Lord's going to do in his life and looking forward to what he's going to share with us tonight. So Caleb, you come and share with us the word of God this evening. We live in a world today that is chock full of advertising. You know, we just came through the Christmas season and it's just a big reminder to us that advertisements are everywhere. They're on our phones and computers. They're on billboards as we drive down the road. We see them on signs and displays as we walk through the store. We hear them on the radio. The world we live in is bombarded by all kinds of people trying to sell us all kinds of things. And you know, when it comes to advertising, there's one key thing that all salesmen everywhere are counting on. Every advertisement, no matter what it is for, is built around one main idea. You don't have enough. A good advertisement strives to make you dissatisfied with what you already have so that you will spend your money on something new. Companies promise that their spectacular product will satisfy all your deepest longings and make you truly happy. Of course, this is a lie. All people everywhere are searching for satisfaction. The need for fulfillment is one of the most basic needs and driving desires behind all human action. The world pretends to sell us satisfaction in the forms of cars or houses or vacations, but nothing that this world offers will ever truly satisfy. The only thing that can truly satisfy the human soul is a relationship with God. Turn, if you would, in your Bibles to Psalm chapter 63. Psalm chapter 63, and I'll begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible says, this is David penning this psalm, he says, O God, Thou art my God, early will I seek Thee. My soul thirsteth for Thee, my flesh longeth for Thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. 
to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live, I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you so much for this opportunity that you've given me to share your word. I pray that you would fill me with your spirit and that you would work in our hearts tonight, Lord, that you help us all to grasp this very important truth that you are the only thing that can satisfy us. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. In Psalm chapter 63, we find that David is at a very difficult place in his life. In my Bible, I don't know if it is in yours, but the heading of this psalm says a psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. And this is most likely during the time when David was on the run from Saul. And he's in a time really when his life is falling to pieces. He once had a position in Saul's court. He had really had it made, but Saul, in his jealousy, ran David off, forced him to flee for his life. And yet at this time when his life is falling to pieces, he's joyful and content, and he chooses to be satisfied not with the goodness of his circumstances, but in his relationship with God. And in this psalm tonight, I want us to see four principles. I'm gonna, I'm want to title this message, The Satisfied Man. Four principles that David applied in his life that helped him to be satisfied even the worst in the worst of circumstances. So number one, number one, the satisfied man places his identity in God. Psalm 63 verse 1, the very beginning of the verse says, O God, thou art my God. You know, when, when you think about it, if you are fulfilled or satisfied by something, you have to, in a sense, place a portion of your identity in that thing. Imagine, for instance, that you bought a new car, all right? That's, you know, awesome, right? And you are no longer Joe Schmo, just regular old Joe Schmo, right? You are now Joe Schmo, owner of a brand new Ford Raptor. You see what I mean? You're, you're putting a sense of yourself, a portion of yourself in that thing. And, you know, as Christians, we are told that our identity has been placed in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. First John, or John 1.12 says, But as many as received him, that is, received Christ, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Turn, if you would, to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans 8 and verse 14. The Bible says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. You know, as a child of God, I am no longer Caleb Chambers, a sinner bound for hell. I am Caleb Chambers, 
a child of God and a joint heir with Christ. That is my identity as a Christian. So number one, the satisfied man places his identity in God. And number two, kind of following this same thought, the satisfied man seeks God. Back in Psalm chapter 63, if I can get there myself here, Psalm 63, continuing on in verse 1, David says, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see thy power and thy glory, so as, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. You know, as Christians, our identity has been placed in Christ. But I fear that there are many Christians today that are having what we would call an identity crisis. Their identity is in Christ, but they're seeking for satisfaction in anything and everything but in Christ. They're looking to pleasure, to entertainment, to their work, to relationships, to anything and everything but the one who can truly satisfy their soul. David clearly understood this thought in Psalm 42, verse 1, when he said, As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Psalm 84, verse 2 says, My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. You know, Jesus emphasized this same truth in uh, Matthew 6, 33, when he said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. If you are going to be truly satisfied in life, you must seek God above all else. You must make your walk with him the most important thing in your life. So, number one, the satisfied man places his identity in God. Number two, the satisfied man seeks God. But number three, the satisfied man remembers God's love. Verse three of Psalm 63 says, Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. God's love is a continual, what I would say is the overarching theme of all Scripture. Romans 5, 6-8 says, For when we were yet without strength, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man for one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jeremiah 31.3, The Lord hath appeared unto me of old, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. You know, we often remember Christ's sacrifice as payment for our sin, and that is indeed something we must remember but we also must remember that it is Christ's sacrifice that saves us from a life of constant emptiness. His blood makes all things new for us, and his love should compel us to serve and love him. 2 Corinthians 5.14 says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. The satisfied man remembers God's love. But fourth and lastly tonight, the satisfied man praises God. Look at verse 4 in Psalm chapter 63. Verse 4 says, Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. The man who places his ultimate satisfaction in Christ 
will long to bring praise to him. To him, nothing will be worthy of more praise. To go back to our, our illustration of the Ford Raptor, right? I'm just going to imagine that I bought myself a brand new Ford Raptor. Now, besides being completely broke and that being a very bad decision, I might also get this temporary sense of euphoria at having this amazing truck. And maybe I'd go around, I'd, I'd, I'd probably find Levi. First of all, like, Levi, you see my brand new Raptor? I mean, this thing is awesome. Look at all the bells and whistles on the inside. I mean, I don't even know what all these buttons do. And maybe I'd go to Brian and be like, hey, Brian, you want to see my truck? I mean, I would sing the praises of this truck, right? And in the same way, the person who has placed his satisfaction in God will praise his name to anyone who will listen. He will never tire of bragging on his God. He will constantly think and speak about the Lord because his mind is so full of him that it just comes gushing out. He will be supremely and overwhelmingly happy because his satisfaction is in Christ. On Saturday, September 2nd of this year, I stood at the intersection of Towery Road and Wesley Street in Lattimore, North Carolina, watching as a smashed up piece of metal that had once been my truck, not a Raptor, but my truck, was loaded onto a wrecker. Largely because of my own negligence, I had been broadsided by a Jeep as I came through the intersection. My truck was hit on the passenger side, spun 180 degrees around, and slammed into a power, power pole. By the miraculous grace of God, I was unhurt, but the truck was totaled. As I stood there that day, looking at the remains of what used to be my truck, it struck me just how temporary the things of this life are. You know, some of you will understand this, but I, I really loved that truck. Not only was it monetarily valuable to me, but it held a lot of sentimental significance because it was the truck on which my dad taught me to drive. But just in a matter of seconds, it was gone. Something that was deeply valuable to me was suddenly and very unexpectedly taken away. But folks, no one can ever take Christ away from you. The child of God can lose everything. You can lose your car, your home, your health, your friends, your family, even your own life. But you can never lose Jesus. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Thus, when you place your satisfaction in him, you will always be content. No matter the circumstances, no matter what you may gain or what you may lose, your soul can be satisfied in Christ and in Christ alone. Let's pray. Dear Father, I ask that you would help us all to remember that though the things of this life often seem so appealing, they seem so attractive, Lord, that there is nothing that will truly satisfy us. Help us, Lord, to place our satisfaction in you, to make you our sole focus in life. And Lord, help us always to praise your name no matter what happens. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Caleb, for that. I know that was a message from his heart, something the Lord's been teaching him.